0: Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we have so many lovely images and phrases and sayings in this week's gospel, so rich with things to talk about. I pondered deeply over each parable, over each repeat of the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. Haven't we all asked ourselves that? What is heaven like? This week I took an informal poll of family and friends. I asked, the kingdom of heaven is like, and these are some of the answers that I heard No COVID-19. A place for everyone. Bacon. The unknown. A place with Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like walking into a church where you know everyone. The kingdom of heaven is like a tree-lined boulevard It's like dancing in a rainbow. It's a place of inclusion and peace and no fear and no pain. The kingdom of heaven is like a good bottle of scotch. Now you might be laughing at the bacon answer and maybe the scotch answer too, but here's the thing. Jesus places the kingdom of heaven among ordinary things with ordinary people. The kingdom of heaven is a tiny seed, a sprinkle of yeast, a net for fishing. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure sought by a farmer or a business person. The kingdom of heaven is like small things that grow into great abundance. The kingdom of heaven is like something you would give up all you had to get let me say that again the kingdom of heaven is like something you would give up everything you had to get these parables so rich with imagery reach a great crescendo at the end of our reading from matthew 13. verse 52 tells us therefore Every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. What is new and what is old. This feels like such a phrase of this moment in time. We are in the midst of remembering what is old, what used to be and we have been plunged into what is new. I know many of us are in mourning, in deep grief over what used to be, how our lives used to be. People are calling this time, this year, 2020, seminal, groundbreaking, a turning point. The coronavirus has upended our lives, calling into question every move we make, every chance we take, how we work, how we live in our homes, how we interact with other people, whether we go to the doctor, whether our kids go to school, whether we can pay our bills, how we shop, exercise, socialize. There is not one slice of our lives that hasn't been touched by this pandemic. We recall what is old, what used to be, how our lives used to be. And we know that things will probably never be the same again. The new is here. This country's long simmering problem of racism has bubbled over. Some people thought racism was becoming less of a problem in America. In reality, it's alive and rampant. It's insidious and open. It's episodic and systemic. This is an old reality for many people and a new realization for many others. What is old and what is new are coming together as we struggle to make our way forward in this conversation to seek unity and justice for all people. What is new and what is old? Here in Matthew, What is new refers to what is fresh and innovative. It's something that has never been before. And what is old refers to what is ancient. These words in Matthew are written to these first readers of that book. They were largely Jewish. They were steeped in old Jewish stories and laws and traditions. They were also new followers of Jesus. They were looking for a fulfillment of the prophecy of a Messiah, a new leader who would create a new way forward for the Jewish people, a new way of living and believing and worshiping. And for the disciples, the readers of Matthew, and for us today in Jesus, the new and the old are bound together. Let me say that again. In Jesus, the new and the old are bound together. In Jesus, the kingdom of heaven comes near to us, to you. In Jesus, you know that neither hardship, nor distress, nor persecution, nor death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers or height or depth or anything in all of creation can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. 18 months ago, you welcomed me as your pastoral intern. Today, I complete that role and I give thanks to all of you who have walked with me during this time In one of the first sermons that I gave at SLC, I told this story and it's so good that I want to share it again today. I think it does a good job of illustrating how nothing, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. When my daughter Caroline was about seven years old, She and I were engaged in our nightly bedtime routine. Each night before bed, we told each other how much we loved each other. It was a sort of contest. I love you, I would say. I love you more, she would reply. I love you times a thousand, I would say. Well, I love you times a million, she would reply. And on and on, until one night I came up with a new twist. I said, I love you times infinity. She stopped. What's infinity? I explained that infinity is something that can't be measured. It just goes on and on and on. She paused and thought for a minute. A triumphant smile crossed her face. Well, she said, I love you infinity in God's time. Somewhere along the way, Caroline had come to understand God and God's love as endless, as something too big to measure or be confined to time, something from which you can never be separated. So grounded, friends, in that reality, grounded in your identity as a child of Christ Jesus, we can then turn to the other part of verse 52. That the scribes for the kingdom, scribes who have been trained, have been discipled, will bring out this treasure of endless, infinite love, and will enact or put in motion the kingdom of heaven. Let me say that again. The scribes, those discipled and trained into the kingdom of heaven will enact it. Pastor Paula noted this last week in her sermon. She said the kingdom of heaven is less like a far off place where we might get to someday and more like how God acts in our world, acts in our world here and now. In verse 52, the scribes become the channel, the place that God acts through to bring the kingdom of heaven near. Think of it this way. Each time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We beckon, we plead for what God has in store for the here and now, for today. So into this action you are invited. You, a scribe trained for and discipled into the kingdom of heaven, are equipped, infused, And deeply, deeply loved. You are loved in a way that transforms you and can transform the world. This is a world that right now feels so inside out and upside down. And Romans 8 reassures you that you are called according to God's purpose. This invitation goes to the heart of Lutheran theology. In his work, The Freedom of a Christian, Martin Luther wrote eloquently about how we are free from and free for. Let me say that again. You are free from and free for. This means that in Christ, you are free from sin, completely forgiven, completely loved, and deeply rooted in a way that gives you your identity in Christ. You are Christ's. Therefore, if you are free from sin and guilt, free from worrying about how to make yourself right, free from seeking your worth, your identity in other people and things and places, you are free for serving others. Free for serving the world, free as ordinary people using ordinary things and ordinary means to transform the world. 25 years ago, I walked through the doors of Silverdale Lutheran Church. I was a stranger without a community. I was a young mother and the wife of a naval officer. Here at Silverdale Lutheran, I took communion for the first time in my life. At Silverdale Lutheran, I learned about this wonderful, unbelievable thing called grace, a free gift from God, that I could neither earn nor merit on my own. Here I felt the love of God through the people of Silverdale Lutheran Church. Looking back now, Silverdale Lutheran is where I began this long journey toward seminary, toward becoming a pastor. So for me, the kingdom of heaven is like Silverdale Lutheran Church. You, the scribes of Silverdale Lutheran, have enacted for me such generosity, such kindness. I will carry what is old, my love, for you all and this place into my new position with a new church. But before I go, I wanted to leave you with one last thing to think about. A poem that calls us, the scribes of the Kingdom of Heaven, forward. Forward in the spirit of hope, from Romans 8. The poem is called 2020. And it's by Leslie Dwight. What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other further apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all.